be running up that road, be running up that hill. Hey guys, I'm glad you're here. I want to talk about something different today. And it's been a while since I did a random deep dive. I think the last time I did one, I did a very special one-off whole album feature, and I talked about Roger Taylor's latest release, Outsider, which I still think is his best, and I was just listening to, to that today, actually. But I'm thinking about another song, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I'm not... Okay. I have a theory, actually, as to why it just came to me, honestly. Today, I want to talk about a song that's been with me for a very long time, almost the entirety of my life that I can remember. So it goes back quite a ways now. And it's very special, not just because of nostalgia and the sentiment. I think when we carry music with us for that long, it has a very special place in our life. It sees us through things. It reminds us of things and people, etc. But yeah, the message of this song, the attitude of it, the atmosphere of it is very affecting. And I- I'm going to go into great detail about it. This is Kate Bush's Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. And this song is... Uh, it's a stunner, it sticks, it wows, it affects, it sweeps through you. It's so emotional, this one. It's such a driving force. Do you ever hear songs like that that just make you feel like, they make you feel. I talk about feeling a lot. You know, I talk about things, it feels. And that's what I mean is it just feels. And the story of this song for me goes back, yeah, quite a ways. Not long after we moved back to the U.S. from England, my dad was in the Air Force. So for my very young life, from about a year old to almost five, I think it was, we were in England. I actually lived in a tiny town called Rampton, which wasn't too far outside Cambridge. And I remember the little village, actually. That's a whole nother story. That's a whole nother thing. But we moved back to the U.S. in 1987, I think. And not long after that, my mom bought an album that was eye-opening. It was ear-opening. She got Kate Bush's Hounds of Love. And the album, that album was actually dropped in 1985. And it was Kate's fifth album. And the first she made after creating her own 24-track home studio. So this gave her a lot of flexibility, gave her a lot of creative control. And she dove into the Fairlight CMI, or Computer Musical Instrument, a digital audio workstation, which was first introduced in 1979. Isn't that amazing that some of the earliest foundations for this technology that's so easy to use and have in our homes today 
it started as these very crude manifestations of technology all the way back in the, the late 70s, and some of it even before that. It was the Fairlight was one of the first music workstations with an embedded sampler. Did you know that? And it's credited for coining the term sampling in music. So you could record a sound like a glass breaking or anything, and you could program it into the Fairlight. And when you played the notes on the keyboard, you could play that sound back at different tones, at different notes, octaves. It's quite a groundbreaking thing, but that's for another day. So with the Fairlight and some really clever manipulations, Kate created a song that would ultimately open her album, Hounds of Love. And according to Kate, it was the first song written for the album. And so she used it to open the collection as she felt it would represent the broader feel of the songs. But this isn't just any opening number. It's one of the best opening songs on an album ever. It was ranked number three among the tracks of the year for 1985 by NME. It peaked at number three in the UK. It was in the top 30 or 20 of many US Billboard charts, including the Hot 100 and Hot Dance charts. And it continues to be this mainstay in popular music culture with many critics, artists, fans heralding it as this masterpiece. All music journalist Amy Hansen recently wrote, quote, always adept at emotion and beautifully able to manipulate even the most bitter of hearts. Rarely has Bush penned such a brutally truthful, painfully sensual song, unquote. And in 2020, Salon called it, quote, futuristic with a propulsive underbelly, evocative and spiritual, unquote. In fact, their entire retrospective review perfectly captures this song's vibe with its warm, dramatic, and affecting qualities. I'll probably link to that review because it is astoundingly accurate. It's everything I want to say about this song. This song has been covered by, covered or remixed by countless in the 35 plus years of its existence, notably by Megan Myers, who gave it this really edgy, energized, rockier spin. It's a fantastic cover. Others, Placebo, Elastic Band, and more. And the range of artists who have been influenced by this, who've fallen in love with this song, in addition to Kate Bush entirely, is really broad. Artists from... Big boy of Outkast to Tori Amos call this one of their favorites, praising it like crazy. In fact, Big Boy elaborates, quote, music is supposed to evoke emotion. It makes you feel a certain way. It's not stagnant. It's not just plain. Every time you listen to it, it touches you. It strikes a chord, unquote. And Tori Amos said she had to pull over when she heard this song in her car for the first time. She'd never heard anything like it. Running Up That Hill, A Deal With God. This amazing, evocative, deep, dreamy running up that hill. Oh, my love for this. 
My love for this song is immense. I always listen to it all the way through. I have to. The floating, boundless, mysterious, it's almost a spooky atmosphere. There is no time in my life I've been without this song. It's always been in the back of my head, in the back of my brain since I was little. And it's so emotional and deep that I think it touches, it has the ability to touch even when someone is young. It is that moving. It's very deep. It's very insightful. It's very introspective. But I think it's such a universal thing that even if you don't quite understand the depths of where this song goes in its emotion and in its imploring and pleading, you can still latch on to it. And I think sonically, the way it sounds, it's got this universal appeal that spans, as I was saying, every kind of person out there. You can be a lover of hard rock really loud metal stuff and still absolutely dig this. And I, I, I think that is the mark of an incredible piece of work, an absolutely incredible piece of work. So my mom loved this song and I latched onto it. Even as a youngster, I remember being incredibly moved by this. I felt it very much as young as I was. It was one of the first songs to affect me that way. There were songs that I liked. Yeah, my, one of my favorite first first favorite songs was Break My Stride by Matthew Wilder. Another one was I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. Another one was Heaven is a Place on Earth by Belinda Carlisle. These were songs that were celebratory and dancey and had these very uplifting, encouraging, happy demeanors, right? <laughs> the song's demeanors were very happy and encouraging and warm. But this thing snuck in like a fog and kind of sounds like it too, honestly. And it just, it hit me. I was so young and it, it was one of the first songs that made me think deeper about life a little more and to be that little and to wonder about those things. First of all, I wish I wasn't so thoughtful in that way because I always feel like it's good to have your eyes open. It's really good to be aware. And it, it fascinates me too when, when I see other kids that are so young and they're incredibly self-aware and they're also very aware in general of the world around them. But, but there's a downside to that. And I think that the downside is you do feel things a lot. You can't just be a kid. Yes, you can still have those moments, but I almost think it's a curse sometimes to feel things so much because you inevitably go to dark places when you feel that kind of weight, especially as a youngster. But I think it's very special when you have young kids like that that, can, that have the capacity to feel that way. So back then, back then when my mom fell in love with this and when I heard it, before the internet was a thing and before you could find out anything and read any comment or any interview ever, there was speculation about what this song was about. Was it literally about someone who couldn't walk? And I'd get him to swap our places, be running up that road, be running up that hill, be running up that building. Say, if I only could... 
You know, is it literally about someone? I remember at one point, I think my mom telling me it may have been about someone in a wheelchair. You know, it's easy to assume that, that this is literally about someone who is unable to run, walk, etc. But my mom, it's funny. So she heard it. And I recently had this conversation with her. I was talking about this song. And she said, she thought about my brother, my older brother, who is autistic and how she'd trade places with him to make sure he was okay. And she said it was very, it was very affecting to her in that way because that's her son. You know, as a mother, and this was my mom's first child. My brother is the oldest. Can you imagine having your first child and finding out they're autistic or they have some kind of disability or they, you know, they're handicapped in some way? That is an incredible thing to go through. My mom and I have talked about that and had incredible discussions about that, 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 the kind of courage you have to find within yourself to be your child's voice because they don't have one, right? So my mom is, she's been through a lot raising my brother and we've been through a lot as his siblings, my sister and I. And so that we had this intense, unique experience with my brother in our lives. And I can understand that when my mom tells me that, that this song made her think about my brother, about her son, and this incredible, incredible protective feeling you have as a parent and how deeply moving that is. And she said it would, it would get to her very heavily sometimes, but of course she loves the song. But I didn't know that. I, I don't remember her telling me that until just recently. So that, that, that's interesting to me that, you know, as my mom, she felt that way. And then I, experienced it in a different way, but still feeling it just as much from a totally different perspective. Because I, I wasn't hindered as a child. You know, I could, I could do things. I could walk and run and I could do, I could play, etc. But somehow this, this song, the feeling in it hit me in a very personal way too. And I wish I could describe how it did that. Maybe it's this hope I've always been reaching for right? Maybe it's this want for a safer place or to be able to do some of those things I haven't been able to do. And I'll tell you what, now I feel it more than ever because I'm still going through some issues with my back, you guys. And I haven't run, I haven't run further in than six miles on one run the entire year, which devastates me because I used to go 10 or more miles on some of my runs, right? So I've had to stop for myself and I know I will get back there. It's just right now, I really can't run at all. And that is a huge blow to my brain, to my heart, to all of these elements of my life. So now when I listen to this song, it hits very close to home not like I would, not like I'm looking at someone thinking, oh, I would trade places with you if I could, but to simply have that feeling of, I want my life back. Maybe I'm looking at my old self thinking, I want that time back a few years ago when, when I set my personal records and ran a mile in less than seven minutes flat. You know, that, that's what I want back. I want, 
I want the Charlie of like two or three years ago back, health-wise. That's what I would like. And, and so it's, it's like I'm staring at my former self as I listen to this song. It's a really strange feeling. And the fact that this song, again, it's still universally applicable to so many different things in our lives and it shifts with you. That's what's so cool about this song. But as it comes down to it, Kate Bush herself confirmed running up that hill is about relationships and the struggle to understand each other. In a 1985 interview, Kate said, quote, it's about a relationship between a man and a woman. They love each other very much and the power of the relationship is something that gets in the way. It creates insecurities. It's saying if the man could be the woman and the woman the man, if they could make a deal with God to change places that they'd understand what it's like to be the other person and perhaps it would clear up misunderstandings. You know, all the little problems, there would be no problem, unquote. And she went on telling Blitz in 1985, Quote, it's very much about love, really trying to keep it alive. I don't know that perfect love exists in any human being, but I don't think it can be encouraged enough. That is beautiful. I've thought about that a lot too, that, that I don't even think it's in our capacity to love truly, to fully love somebody. I think we can get really close to and perhaps momentarily grasp unconditional love. But do you guys know how hard that is to maintain? I mean, raise your hand, raise your virtual hand if you hit a bump in the road with your favorite person in the world ever and sometimes it feels like it's impossible to overcome that. Raise your virtual hand. Yes, me too. Why is it that we... And there's a lyric in this song for it. Is there so much hate for the ones we love? Tell me we both matter, don't we? Isn't that a gorgeous lyric? How universal, how timely is that still? The questioning, the hope. This is like the perfect song for me because it questions so much. It's wanting so much, but there is all that hope wrapped around this thing despite the darkness it exudes through its sonic landscape. This thing is such a brooding number. It's magical in that way. It's got a wonderful contrast of emotions running through it when you think about the music and when you think about the words and the way Kate delivers those words. And I love that this is about relationships. And I don't think it has to be exclusively about one kind of relationship. We all know that it's difficult to understand each other a lot of the time. And I think the closer we get, the more we love people, the more comfortable we become with them, the more predictable life becomes, the more mundane life becomes, right? Everything becomes expected. There's no surprise anymore. The honeymoon period is over. The magic kind of softens. It's there, but it comes in waves and you have to make an effort. You can't just magically assume that everything's going to always be there. I think chemistry is important, but I think effort is so much more important. And this song speaks to overcoming those differences, those boundaries, understanding 
where the other person is coming from and how to embrace that and that person. Such a great lesson in relationships, this song. And such a powerful message too. And she specifically said that, that she, she wanted to go above a deal with the devil. Everybody talks about, you know, making a deal with the devil. Hardly anyone goes there to talk about making a deal with God, which may be blasphemous to some people. I mean, I, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but I love this song and I love that Kate dares to go there because you guys, I think honesty is important. And as a believer myself, I think God would appreciate our honesty. He already knows what's going on in our hearts and minds anyway. So when we speak those thoughts, when we challenge that, even if we're throwing something out there that might be, you know, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Why would you say that? How dare you say that? I think it's good to be honest about those feelings and those challenges that we're up against. I mean, I've been mad at God about stuff. I can say that. I can say that without any hesitation. I'm kind of mad now because of everything I've been going through. So this song is like this cathartic experience of this challenge of one's self and perhaps another person and perhaps the Almighty to say, hey, I want to understand this whole situation, this person, everything about this better. And maybe I'm grasping at things too much here, but that's how much this song makes me think. And the title of the song is something that Kate wasn't happy about, and she still isn't. She wanted to call it Deal With God, period. In fact, that's still the title to her. But the label convinced her to call it Running Up That Hill to appease markets that may be hesitant to play or listen to a secular song with the word God in the title. And I want to talk about, I want to talk about that. There's another great song with God in the title. God Only Knows, The Beach Boys. Guys, that song, I should talk about that song. Another brilliant song that is so emotionally raw and so beautifully delivered. What was it? Paul McCartney said that's like his favorite song. I might be wrong about that, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. At least one, there was a time when Paul said that, that God Only Knows by the Beach Boys was like his favorite, or or he thought it was like the most beautiful song. And that is saying so much coming from a Beatle. But that's another example of a song that's beautiful, perfectly done, is a mainstay. A lot of people know it. It's been in so many films and commercials and shows over the years, still loved immensely. But there was hesitation about it because the word God is in the title. I don't know what it is about that, but anytime you have a, an artist that is not a spiritual artist or a Christian artist, if you are a secular artist and you put the word God in your title somewhere, it makes people take pause. It makes record executives, it makes publicists take pause. There's this hesitation, oh, we can't do that. We can't do that. And this goes back decades, obviously. <laughs> decades, 60s, 80s, even now, I think there's some hesitation there of, no, you can't do that. Now, as an artist myself, I like to sneak in spiritual linings into things, but I don't really do it consciously. It's just there. I think it's because it's just part of me. So I do it in a way that it's, it's there, it's subtle, but it's there. 
But yeah, you get these songs that overtly say God or or something spiritual in the title like that. And there's this big hesitation that no, we can't do that. And I, I get it. There's a lot of hurdles to overcome in that arena, especially in different parts of the world, especially depending on cultures, beliefs, governments. It's such a big thing when you start to go down that road, open that box. But I love that Kate sticks to that and says, no, this to me, and that's why the subtitle in parentheses is a deal with God, because that's what she wanted. That's what she wanted. And she compromised. Now, I actually think that running up that hill is more, it's more encompassing of the song. You know, it, it says more, I think. Now, yes, to call this deal with God or a deal with God is very, very powerful and very, like I said, could be offensive and just like <gasps> jaw-dropping to some people. But I think running up that hill is more what the song is about. It, it's about. It's about the journey to get there, right? It's about the want to get there. And so running up that hill I think it's more memorable too. I can't, I can't think of a lot of other songs with that kind of title. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of songs with the word running in them. I've got a song called Run. So it's, it's, it's not like running is unique, but, but something about running up that hill, I don't know. Maybe it's the song itself, but it sticks out to me. So I think it was a good choice in that respect. But I just find it interesting that Kate wanted it one way. They said no. The label said no, so she changed it, but she still tacked it on there. But yeah, that's still an ongoing thing. If if you're not a spiritual or Christian artist, it's something that, yeah, you kind of have to almost fight for it. This song, it's so beautiful, so universally relevant. Again, I, I can't say that enough. That's the incredible appeal of it. It's universal. It's timeless. I hear it now, and I'm right back there. I'm right back where I was at six years old. It's a time machine, but still a moment in time right now. Remember, it, it, as, a, as a youngster, it made me think about other things. But now it makes me think about my life before and what I wish I had. Kate created this pulsing, brooding, pounding, overwhelming thing that surrounds and pulls and pushes. It's fantastic. There are songs that transcend trends and popularity, moments and fads and influence, you know? This is one of them. A comment on YouTube perfectly communicates everything I'm trying to say. And the comment is this, quote, there's excellent, then there's genius, then there's next level genius, then there's once in an era genius. After all these categories, you have this, unquote. And that is from Dr. Creepin. (laughs) And it's a top comment on the official video of the song Running Up That Hill on YouTube. Dan Carr, a London-based musician and producer and author of Reverb Machine, went into incredible detail, and I'm probably going to link to this, about this song's construction, as well as other songs on Hounds of Love. This is an amazing breakdown, seriously. And it makes you realize just how much work and innovation went into the gentle manipulations of the Fairlight sounds and the Lindrum, a drum machine, which was used for the beat here to create the ambience of running up that hill. But behind all the complexity throughout most of this song, 
the instrumentation that's, yes, it's all encompassing and rich. It's fairly simple. Using a basic cello sound from the Fairlight, it's edited and augmented to sound like something else entirely. A spooky, airy, wide, sustained, B-flat minor chord. It rarely, if ever, deviates or dissipates through the whole song. Almost like the wind, it carries on. Harmonics linger. That's what creates the suspended feeling of angst with that hint of optimism. That wonderful contrast I talked about, the struggle between the two. And that lindrum percussion, it gallops, it pleads, it implores, it encourages. It's one of the best running beats ever. And I'm not just saying that because of the title. I've listened to this on my runs before, and it is a force. It drives me forward and accented by deeper, wider chords, emphasizing lower frequencies and a richness. A higher riff creeps through every so often, very recognizable. Subtle, but so affecting and emotional all the same. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Oh. A strategic echo of the sound, of that sound, expands it. Distant, glassier, sparkling sounds appear in the second chorus, almost like bells clanging, ringing out. Guitars, crashes of drum rolls appear at just the right moments to surprise and stun reverb. Very beautifully subtle reverb plays a crucial role in the extra weight and impact. But really, it's Kate's voice that ultimately creates this mood. It's its own instrument. Yeah, yeah, yo. Her delicate deliveries like that. And that lyric I've already mentioned before. Tell me we both met it, don't we? <sighs> it's you and me won't be unhappy. Her certainty and conviction, the depth of the lyrics. You don't want to hurt me, but see how deep the bullet lies. Unaware, I'm tearing you asunder. Who else would say that? I don't think I've heard the word asunder in any other song ever. And that gorgeous, empowering bridge. I get goosebumps just thinking about it, you guys. Come on, baby. Come on, darling. Let me steal this moment from you now. The affection, the wanting, the power in the intention. Yes, it's very sensual too. Come on, angel. Come on. Come on, darling. Let's exchange the experience. It's bookended by that massive drum roll. So loud. This phrase sticks and says everything. Let's exchange the experience. Kate's delivery is such a force. It's like a storm, an expression that you, it's unique in the entire music world. She sounds ancient, but bright, wise, youthful. And this song is one of her best displays of every emotional facet she can exude and inhabit. The chorus with that energy and angelic tone. If I only could, I'd make a deal with God and I'd get him to swap our places. The progression of running up that road, up that hill, up that building. I think it suggests this evolution of understanding and powerful, impactful 
communication and understanding. Now, the video, which I finally saw only recently because we didn't have MTV, it surprised me. At first, I felt it didn't represent the expanse of the music, and it's beyond the boundaries soundscape that I love so much. But the intimate display of Kate and her partner, or her lover, if you will, dancing together with these expressions of contemporary dance, which was not at all popular at that time, in the moonlight, the chaos and the intimacy, the tension, the pain, but the joy. It's brilliant, actually. Visions of running against the current separation, isolation from each other, challenging the status quo. Very progressive for its time and something we all long for, even now, to this day. Trying to find our worth, to understand each other, to be celebrated within ourselves, to be within ourselves and totally within each other. Universal. Kate released a new version of this in 2012 with the same backing instrumentation. It was a semitone lower with completely new vocals from her. And the new version was premiered during the 2012 Summer Olympics closing ceremony. A real treat to hear the character of her voice after all these years. More mature, but just as whimsical and otherworldly. She's always had that quality. She's like this present, a gift to the world all wrapped up in such talent. This song is musical dopamine. I've talked about what makes a song great, the emotional effect of music, and this is it right here. Not many can constantly give me that rush all the way through. Running up that hill, a deal with God lifts me. It rushes through me. It encourages and strengthens. And somehow in that seemingly dark and dense atmosphere, it gives me hope. And I think that's one of the things Kate does so well in many of her songs. Her influence on every musician, almost every musician I love, I think, I can't tell you the number of people that I've read, Kate Bush as an inspiration of theirs. Bjork is one of those artists, actually. Bjork has talked about Kate Bush. In fact, I think Bjork specifically said that Kate Bush gave her the courage to let herself out creatively as an artist. Guys, I've talked about Bjork. I could talk about her for a whole two-hour episode and how she screams and snarls and growls and, and whoops and, and does these amazing things vocally that seem completely uncontrolled and unrefined, but they're so raw and honest and transparent that you kind of, you're almost entranced by it, even if you think it's weird. And trust me, there have been moments on Bjork's albums where I, I feel like, girl, you are almost pushing that limit. But you know what? That's who she is. That's why I love it. And the fact that Kate Bush brought Bjork to that level, that's amazing. So many other artists, you guys. I should have looked that up and just made a list of people who've said, Kate Bush, Kate Bush. She, what did I read? With Wuthering Heights, 1978. Her first single released when she was, what, 17, 18 years old, you guys? She was the first artist to have a hit song at that level as the self-penned artist and as a woman, I think. I think that's right. Huge. And I'm sure she didn't, it's not like that was her goal. <laughs> you know, Kate, Kate Bush is not that artist. She's not the top 40 artist. She never was. I don't think she ever wanted to be. And thank, literally thank God, because we need artists like this that 
Again, they push the boundaries, they color outside the lines, they encourage other people to be themselves and to do themselves, to do themselves a favor by being authentic, creatively authentic. Creative authenticity. I love it. Anyway, running up that hill, a deal with God, Kate Bush. Go check it out. Listen to the whole thing. Put it on in the car at night, a long drive. It's going to hit you. It's going to hit you hard. And if you haven't heard it, oh my word, you're in for a huge experience. Let's exchange the experience. So many great lyrics in this song, you guys. That entire second verse is this absolutely honest, raw, impactful moment. Unaware, I'm tearing you asunder. Beautiful poetry. This woman has always had that gift. And if you haven't heard more of Kate Bush, because that was running up that hill, especially on the state side, she was never popular in the States. That was something Tori Amos said, that to hear running up that hill on the radio was a really big deal because Kate never really hit the charts in the US until that song. So if that is the only song or one of the only songs you've heard from her, I urge you to, first of all, listen to Hounds of Love in, in its entirety. Cloud Busting is fantastic. It was another single. And in fact, that was the song the label wanted to be the first single for Hounds of Love. Kate said, no, it's got to be running up that hill. And she was right. But go listen to Hounds of Love. Go check out her other albums too. Go listen to Wuthering Heights. It is incredible. Her range is jaw-dropping. Go listen to Babushka. <laughs> Go watch the video. <laughs> Maybe I'll talk about that one another time. Honestly, you guys, I could do a whole series of deep dives for Kate. In fact, that would be an adventure because I haven't heard all of her stuff. I've always hesitated to do some artist in random deep dives that I think I might want to do a whole deep dive series on. Beck is another artist. Bjork is one as well. It's like, why am I doing random deep dives about these people? Because I, I'm just going to want to do a series for them. But that is for another time. Radiohead is also a consideration for my next round of deep dives. I've been asked that question already. Who are you going to do when you're done with Queen? I don't know, you guys. If you have suggestions, let me know. I would love to do an artist or a band that I don't know everything in their catalog yet. And Kate Bush would be a great adventure. Anyway, you guys, that is my running up that hill, a deal with God, random deep dive. And I'll be back next time. Keep yourselves alive. Enjoy this little number, this bombastic, blow your mind number. Okay, guys. Later.